who about? Well, because of uh, Trump's house in Florida being raided by the FBI. Oh, yeah. And one member of our congregation thinks things like that are going to keep happening. And uh, things will only come to a point when there's bloodshed. Yeah. Like, there's no way of, like states seceding from the union probably won't happen. Oh, yeah. Without yeah. a fight. Without a, a real fight. <clears throat> I'm hoping not. I could... That's funny. I could see states seceding before there's violence. But... I haven't given it a lot of thought. Mm. Yeah, legally... I mean, if a state wants to secede and votes it's votes in that favor, then the federal government can't do anything about it. Yeah. But when does that ever stop them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I think I read about a city that was going to that has secession on their ballot uh, for in November, San Bernardino, I think, California. They're going to secede from the state. Uh, a county. It's a, I don't know if it's uh, county or I think it might actually be a town. Yeah, there's a lot of counties that talk about seceding. Well, in that Confessional County book, he talks about that. The no. county seceding? No, I guess not seceding from the state. But uh, I guess he talks more about establishing your own settlement, mm. mm-hmm. which is still legal to do. Yeah. But that's a. We don't want to go there yet. We want to talk about the story. Oh. Right. <clears throat> what story? The world's <clears throat> fastest Indian. Oh, yeah, welcome. What's this show called? The world's fastest Indian. No, the show. Stories for glory. Stories for glory. Not stories or soul food. Mo- no. Movies are soul food. Movies are movies are glory. Movies are junk food. <laughs> <clears throat> well, welcome to the Stories for Glory podcast, where we are going to talk about the glory of God and the stories of man. And this evening, we will try to avoid talking about the FBI and Trump. <laughs> <laughs> And we will talk about the world's fastest Indian, which I forgot to write down when it was made. It has to, it ha, it, early 2000s. I remember watching it when I was, Jill and I were first married. Well, they got married and, oh crap. Craig, you should look it up. When they got married? No. <clears throat> in the movie, I'm going to guess 2002. <sighs> yeah, that sounds about right. World's 2004. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, that's your guess? But, so, Burt Monroe, the, the real guy? 2006. That the movie's about? Five. Oh, 2005. That's so what I found. The guy who it's mm-hmm. about, he set the world record, you know, for his stuff when he was 68 years old. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins was 68 years old when he made the movie. Oh, really? They're, wow. Yeah. <laughs> A little movie trivia. A little movie trivia right up front. Don't mind me. Yeah. So what was this movie? What was it about? Yeah. Um, it was about uh, apparently an old man, sixty-eight. Yep. Um, from New Zealand, who had a was it a nineteen thirties Indian? It was from one of the wars, I think. I think it was an army motorcycle. Nineteen nineteen or nineteen twenty. Okay. Indian. Yeah, it was a 47-year-old bike. 47-year-old bike. So he was from, I think it happened in 1967, so 1920. Um, and he just works on fine-tuning it to try and make it the fastest bike ever. And he, lots of persistence. 
lots of pain, toil, early mornings. We're in, well, according to the movie, I mean, we don't know what it was like in real life, but mm-hmm. he ends up mortgage or uh, getting a loan out on his house to go race in the Bonneville Flats. To, to that, I guess that must have been where, at that point in time, maybe it still is, you know, where they would they would test land speed records, and just kind of his journey of getting there from New Zealand from New Zealand across the ocean to the Bonneville Flats uh, is, is that Nevada or Utah uh, Utah <clears throat> Utah Utah pretty entertaining movie I thought yeah it was really well I, I mean Anthony Hopkins played the part really well yeah yeah, yeah. he's a very good actor mm-hmm What'd you like about it? Yeah, where's the glory? Um, <clears throat> well, it's interesting because I think the top speed of that bike stock was like 55 miles an hour. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even think to look that up. Yeah. But uh, in all the modifications he did, he kind of did himself. He, he couldn't go down to the motorbike store. Right. They didn't have one, yeah. He fabricated everything himself. He would pour his own pistons. <laughs> Yeah, make his own molds. Yeah. Melt his own metal. Yeah. And I forget that, I think the top speed... 205, I think. Yeah, it was... Which okay. is yet to be broken. Yeah. By a homemade motorcycle. <laughs> For that size of motor. Yeah, under a 1,000cc engine. Yeah, yeah. What's your... What's the size of your... In your 200. Your dirt bike, 200? 200cc? 200cc, it's... Hey, it's under 1,000. It's fast, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Be really hard. It's hard to get above about fifty-five, sixty. Hmm. That's not what's for. It was entertaining. It was fun to watch. Um, I think the story was well told in the movie. I mean, it's based on a true story, so. Um, but it was fun to watch. A little adventure mm-hmm. that we went along on. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was quirky. It, yeah, I thought his character was really funny. Yeah, he had a few moral foibles, but he was a funny character. He's 68 and sleeping around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah, so what were what you trying to get at with him making his own ma- making his own everything? Um, Cause we said, what'd you like? What was the glory? And you went right to that. Yeah. One thing I was thinking about trying to, th- trying to, th- because it's based on a true story, and it's sometimes it's hard to find. Because <clears throat> I always think you have to look for the, we look for the nuggets that God has hidden in the stories that men tell. Well, this is actually a story that God told, but <laughs> in men are retelling. Yeah, but I thought I thought it's interesting. I mean, you could see it's like Christ in the church, him in this bike, um, this nondescript piece of junk bike that only goes fifty-five miles an hour. He spends basically his entire life working, washing her, this bike, improving her. Probably called a her. Yeah. Your car is a her. Your boat is a her. Right. All of his focus was on improving this bike, improving this bike, and he got this bike to set a record that still hasn't been beat. Hmm. So, in that sense, it was kind of a Christ sanctifying his church and making something great out of it. Making an ugly hag beautiful. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I was when you were talking about it. I was thinking about uh, not Christ in the church, but I was thinking about the intensity of a man's focus. Mm. If a man is given a task, just what what he can accomplish, it's quite amazing. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking more of the the image bearer, God as a as a maker, and you give this man a job, or or a hobby, and he devotes himself to it. Look what he can make. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's imaging his father being creative, being a maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, we can only do that with the things that God has made. So we take what God made and we refashion God made metal in the dirt and we get it out and we make it into pistons. You know, mm-hmm. so we're not like God creating things out of nothing, but mm-hmm. but we are like God in that we make things mm-hmm. and also beautify them, what you're mm-hmm. talking about. So. And he was closer to creating something out of nothing. I thought you were saying he's closer to creation because it was like oh. 60 years ago. <laughs> because you compare him, he had to scratch his way even to get to America and he had to fight his way even to run the bike. Mm-hmm. Then you see all oh. the other people there. I wanted to wait to get to that part, but yes. Oh, oh I hated that. The bureaucracy. Those men in blue yeah. shirts. Yeah. Yeah. But So he fabricated this bike basically out of nothing. But you see all the other people showing up. <clears throat> Everyone else put in the hard work, and they drive the vehicles mm-hmm. that are really fantastic vehicles, but somebody else made them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was, his persistence was just the, I mean, <clears throat> how he would get up at 6 o'clock in the morning waking up his neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> and just, that, that's part of how, <clears throat> you know, I think men can be wired too when they're given a task. You know, it's like a dog with a bone. Mm-hmm. Just, right. I mean, it's his whole life. You know, it's it's a it's a positive thing, and then there's also the, you know, without hope, you put your hope in. I mean, I think he had a statement in there of, I'll I'll live more in these two minutes on this bike than some people right. will in their entire lives. And mm. like, well, well, yeah. Uh, come on, that's like Disney sounding. Yeah. But you know, he worshipped it. it. Was his god? Well, yeah. Was that was one of the things I wrote at the beginning. In his workshop, offerings to the god of speed. Yeah, mm, right. but it was all the broken pistons. I think. Is what it was. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But, and what did you say earlier? He called the Bonneville Salt Flats the holy ground. Holy ground. Yeah. Yeah. So it really was his worship. Mm-hmm. So, his his idol. Right. Was his bike. So if he was a Christian and he had all that persistence and drive, you know what could he have accomplished? Yeah. Much more than a land speed record, probably. I don't know. Yeah, uh, piecing. The movie didn't bring this out, but when I read about him online, what's his name? Monroe? Burt Monroe. Burt mm-hmm. Bert Monroe. Not Reynolds, <laughs> but Monroe. He was, I think, oh, I might get some of this wrong. He was married twice, and he's got like four kids, and the movie just completely... Yeah, you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't know that at all. Hmm. And, and I don't know circumstances of everything, but you wonder if his obsession with the bike led to hmm. yeah. the family leaving him. Yeah. Yeah, you so, Dad, you chose the bike over us, kind of thing. Hmm. But anyway, the movie doesn't address that. But when you read about him online, he was he was married and did have children. Well, something that stood out for to myself was uh, his interaction with the neighbor boy. Mm-hmm. It was actually it was good in the good. movie. Yeah, yeah, it's like mm-hmm. man, that's great. Like you need there needs to be more neighbors like that in the world. Yeah, yeah. I I wrote I actually had a neighbor like that growing up. It, hmm. Were you gonna say something? No, no. no. his name is Marv. And he was a World War II veteran. And 
Marv put up with us neighborhood kids. Like I, hmm. I don't. I wouldn't put up with kids the way that we acted toward him. I mean, we were, we didn't vandalize anything. Or I remember once, like we were all. It was in the era of rollerblades, right in the nineties. So we were all rollerblading around, and I remember he had the smoothest driveway, and we had a rollerblade around his car while I was working on it, and we went to one of these, you know, these old. I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys know about like joke stores where you go in and you get like the buzzer that you wear in your hand and you shake someone's hand and then it buzzes them or like a whoopee cushion uh-huh. it was like a store like that it was just my grandpa would always take us there and we got some stink bombs <laughs> and we would ride around his driveway dropping these stink bombs anyway but Marv was like uh, Bert we would hang out with him in his shop we'd hang out with him in his garage hmm. he would make we'd say Marv could you make us ninja stars? And the next day, out of sheet metal, I, I don't know how he did it, but he cut out ninja stars for us, and we practiced throwing them at trees. <laughs> he made us swords. Like, he just he just really took these young kids from the neighborhood hmm. and served us. Hmm. He took care of us. Uh, after school, Marv, we'd go over to Marv's house. His wife was always there. I can't remember her name. But they'd give us a snack, and we'd hang out in their yard. Hmm. Like he was just the neighborhood grandpa. That's awesome. And that's kind of what Bert reminded me of. Yeah. Like, go ahead and peel a lemon tree. Right. Like, that's exactly what Marv would have said. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, mm-hmm. Just let her rip. Yeah. And so it is good to have that. Yeah. In a neighborhood. Yeah. Right. But I miss Marv. When my parents divorced, we moved away. And uh, I went back. Like, nostalgia. Right? Like, oh, I want to go back to where I grew up. And Marv had got dementia, mm. and his wife had mm. passed away, and it ended up being very sad. But, mm. but I have good memories of Marv. Yeah, I hope to be like him one day. But yeah. he's the old man who could just do anything. He could mm. just make it in his shop. Yeah, you'd ask him, and it'd show up. He'd make us hatchets. Like who makes a hatchet? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Right. Marv could. So anyway, good guy. Just a lot of that kind of knowledge is probably lost. Do you know how to make your own foundry and molds and? Yeah, no. It's pour, all on Amazon now. Pour molten steel. And... No, but there, someone in China does. <laughs> <laughs> someone in China does. Anyway, it was very reminiscent. Sorry to go on about Marv. But... Mm. That that might. You don't hear that today, and if you do hear of it, you'd suspect Marv. Yes. In these days. Is he touching you? Yeah. 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 Oh right. Right. Rather than just him being a good man, World War Two vet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking care of kids. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, that's true. No, the, the Christian culture, I think. He was right across the street from us. Did we already talk about my other neighbor right next door to us who pulled the gun on me? No. Oh, we talked about that another TJ. I won't give his last name. <laughs> I don't even know if he's alive or anything. TJ. He pulled a gun on us. But then Marv, right across the street from us, was... So we had we had both. We had the good man and the neighborhood punk. Wow. Gangster kind of kid. Man. He shot our dogs. He was just a bad dude. He shot, like, killed them? You shoot him, no, with a pellet gun. Oh. So, didn't kill him, thankfully. Well, there's no reason to shoot our dogs. Okay. If he was just shooting them for fun. Well, I remember when he pulled the gun out on us. He pulled the gun out on me. My brother was inside and saw it, and he called the cops, because my mom was at work. Parents were divorced. Mom's at work. We're home. And uh, the cops showed up, and they were questioning TJ about it. And he thought, oh, of course, no, I don't have a gun, you know, blah, blah, blah. And his dad came out of the house. He was like, big gut, you know, the wife beater shirt, just <laughs> greasy and sweaty. It was, 
back when not everybody had air conditioning, right? <laughs> and uh, and he came out and talked to the police, cuffed his son in the head, and you know, and then later that day after the police left, he took a two by four to his kid, oh, like wow. it was that kind of house. Oof. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no wonder TJ pulled a gun on me. He thought it, like violence is funny. Anyway, yeah. Why are we talking about that? Oh, mm-hmm. you need a Marv. Yeah, Marv. Be a Marv. <clears throat> Or a Burt Monroe. Well, a Burt Bert Monroe from the movie. Oh, Marv, I have no doubt in my mind that Marv was a good husband. <laughs> and if anybody knows different, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but anyway, back yeah. to the movie. Um, yeah, the, the focus of one man, what he can accomplish, the skills that it takes to do something like that, create something like that. Um, yeah, and everybody liked him. Yeah. He made friends very easily. Oh, and he befriended that trans transvestite. Transvestite. That's what they called him back in the day. Yeah, the tranny. Yeah. And even watching the movie, the viewer begins to like the transvestite. Right. In a, you know, you see how Marv, how Bert Monroe... Yeah. You're not very Christian. You're not very Christian at all. You, Caleb, see, you just have to love everybody. You see how Bert Monroe... Realizes what's going on, uh-huh. but it doesn't bother him. He just befriends him and is nice to him. Sure. And you can see, yeah, the trans transvestite guy. People do that. Yeah. Right. And he right. becomes endeared back to yeah. Bert. And I think the same thing, because uh, you tend to, your stomach turns or your blood boils when you see people like that. But what was it? Different times I've heard. The question people should ask is, who hurt you? Mm. You know, Christians should have concern for people right. like that. Yeah. Rather yes. than, oh. Care for their souls. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because they're the way they are right. for a reason. Right. Yeah, usually, the thing that leads people down, a boy who wants to be a girl or a girl who wants to be a boy, and they go through that, I'm not going to call it transition, but mm-hmm. they start making themselves over. They're remaking who they are. Usually the thing that led them down that path is a wicked deception. You know, who hurt you? Who deceived you? You know, those kinds mm-hmm. of questions. Mm-hmm. And the church should be a place of refuge. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so, but yeah, you're right. And the thing that won him, the tranny over, was Bert's friendliness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And being friendly doesn't mean you endorse the sin. Right. Right. So there's that. You don't have to be a curmudgeon. Yeah. About especially when it, you know, if, if Caleb you you put on a dress for Sunday, and come to church, I'm not gonna be friendly. No. Right. I know you. Be. We've covenanted together. You're a member of the church. Right. You have a, there's a different context for that, but somebody you don't know, to be the first thing you do is to hit them with the sword of your mouth. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be too effective usually. Sure. And. Uh, and friendliness is a much more powerful weapon. Yeah. You know, so even guys like us in our circles who stand outside of abortion clinics, you know, we want to help you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that. You don't have to kill your baby. You know, mm-hmm. we want to help you. Turn away from this. Turn away mm-hmm. from murder. Rather than saying, you murderer, what are you doing in there? You're killing, you know. There's yeah. a difference there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Bert, he was a good example of friendliness. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. It would kind of remind me of Big Fish, but in real life, but in a movie. Because in Big Fish, Ewan McGregor's character, 
Oh. We would just go around and make friends with everybody. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Every every scene in Big Fish, he's just making another friend. And the same mm-hmm. thing's true in this movie. Yeah. Every scene he's just making another friend. Yeah. And each event is fantastic. <clears throat> it's like, really? That actually happened in this world? <laughs> in Big Fish it's all made up. Mm-hmm. You know. But in in this story, these people existed, these events happened. You yeah. Know? And so it's kind of like a, a real real life big fish. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Fantastic <clears throat> fantastical friends. He didn't win over the guys in the blue shirts though. Yeah, he did. Once he got on once yeah, once yeah, he got on the on the salt flats and he gave him a run for, what were they doing like ninety and they were keeping up with him and then he dropped a gear and was like yeah. and took off they're like whoa this old man knows what he's doing but he only got on the stage through help from from his friends the guys yeah. yeah right yeah Joe or whatever his name was yeah some guy with clout. And do you think people in blue shirts, <clears throat> he won over this this transvestite through his friendliness, but he was unable to win over these bureaucrats. <laughs> because they had, a, they had a pharisaical rule book. Friendliness doesn't beat Pharisees. Yeah. Hmm. Did you want to talk about regulations? Oh, man. Le- no. Legislation? <laughs> no, I just, I just thought of... Uh, well, should the, we explain the, the blue shirts? The analogy of those two people. How Bert uh, could win over this a transvestite. angry transvestite, but he couldn't win over the Pharisees or the... Right. Right. Keep well, who are the blue walk. shirts? Let's, let's fill our listeners in on the blue shirts. They, they were just the, the gatekeepers of the Bonneville... Uh, raceway. The raceway, yeah. the, the land speed record racing... Were they safety inspectors or what were they? Yeah, and they and the fees. You had to pay the fees. You had to sign up. You had to register. Yeah, just by the letter. Yeah, everything was by the book. Not so much. You're 68. You've just traveled across the world with your bike. It's a nice looking bike too. Yeah. Yeah. Sir, so you can't race. You don't have brakes. Why do I need brakes? I want to go fast. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I think that was his answer. Yeah, that, like, was, that was his answer. <laughs> Uh, you don't have a heat shield on your exhaust. And he's like, well, I don't plan on getting burned. You know, like. <laughs> and what was it, the young lady? I, I don't know what, this This was pretty much just her role in the movie. Uh, why do you get to, to tell an old man how to live his life? Or something like that, doesn't she say? I probably wrote it down. Uh, we, well, he says, who the hell do they think they are? It's my ruddy life, isn't it? Yeah. And then there's mm-hmm. a, a one the one of the young gals says, "Why don't you let him race? It's his life. Mm-hmm. Like if he wants to race without brakes, let him mm-hmm. or without a seatbelt." Yeah. 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 To me, it was the uh, the nanny state. Yeah. The na- that's yeah. I knew yeah. You were, yeah. I knew it would go there with the regulations. Yeah. Yeah. Let a person live their life. And that the, they would say, if we make this exception for you, we'll have to make it for everybody. Yeah, you might. <clears throat> Someone might die. Yeah. Someone might die with your regulations. Yep. Mm-hmm. You want to settle a dispute between you and your neighbor with 102 rounds of bare-knuckle boxing? Yes. Go, and you both volunteered? <laughs> Go ahead. Yep. You want to race without brakes on your bike? Go ahead. Right. Yep. Yeah, you, you can't. Would well when you pulled up to the Bonneville Salt Flats, there was that big sign, 
and it said, do not enter unless policed. You can't even go there mm. unless you have police escort. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that, and he drives up to it, and then he just pulls in by himself. <laughs> and, like, that's his attitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that about him. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, Tom Bombadil. Kind of mm. master of his own domain. Master of his own domain. Yeah. Like, the, the speed, the bike, he's master of the domain. Mm-hmm. And a guy in a blue shirt isn't going to tell him that he can't run it. Right. Yeah, and yeah. and that kind of mentality, that kind of spirit, I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something that probably needs to be manifest in more men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, even in the constructing of his own bike. Yeah, right. His persistence really, you know, comes through there. Well, is that the whole Western world was precipitated upon Christians taking risks? Mm-hmm. Well, Columbus, you can't sail across the ocean because we don't know where it ends. You can't. It's in the regulations. You might not come back. <laughs> no, like you can't live your your adventure that way. Yeah. I mean, if if you have the inclination to be Christopher Columbus. But. Right, and that was yeah, that that was his driver. I don't think he would have cared if he had died out there. Right. He would kind of in his statements of, you know, I'll live more in this short stint of time than a lot of people in their lives because he's probably referencing people to just play it safe, which. You know, yeah, like you're saying, Christian. You know, I mean, America wouldn't exist. If, you know, right? Just People didn't take risks. Mm-hmm. Was it? It was Jim. That was the guy who helped him out. Off the office? No. Oh, and Pam. We're going. <laughs> here no. we go. Well, it's not. Well, Jim. Jim Moffat. Oh. That was okay. his name. The guy oh, who helped the him guy out. That helped him bomb though. And when they were all debating it, he was debating it with the blue shirts. He said, "We're all a bunch of chicken shits." And I was like, "Yeah." That's what you're talking about, the nanny state. Oh, yeah. I can't believe they don't have a rail up there. You know, like, Mm -hmm. don't they know there's a river down there? They need Mm -hmm. to have a guardrail on this walkway. (laughs) You know, it's like that kind of, the highways in Montana are 80 miles an hour. Somebody should lower that to 75. Yeah. Yeah. Or just take the signs off and let them drive. Right. Someone, someone fell in the dump. We should put up. No, nobody fell in the dump and they still put it up. (laughs) The oh, no, one did fall no in nobody. Oh, okay. Well, not in the Montana City one. Uh, nobody yeah. fell in the dump. Someone uh, could fall in the dump. Yeah. Regulations suck. So now, now some old old man's gonna throw out his back, moving <laughs> lawn waste. Or... You know, you're gonna have to hire somebody. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It's ridiculous. Regulations really put a damper on things. Well, it's kind of like the Confessional County book. Mm-hmm. And he talks about states that still have it in their constitution that allow people to uh, create settlements. I was like, oh, I never, I never even thought that was a possibility. You know that yeah. ten families can find a place where there's running water, and start a town. I don't know if that's a possibility. It's like <clears throat> we could do well according to the book, according to the yeah. law. Well, it's called a subdivision now. <laughs> oh, creating your own town, but it's like just that mentality. Yeah, just even having the mentality of let's go start something. Yeah, it's right. so take it. It's taken away from all of us. We don't just think that way anymore. Yeah. You know, when yeah. growing up, I never had the thought of starting my own business. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever talked about that. You were always mm-hmm. just going to have a job working for someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that that's bad, but where where is the risk-taking? Mm-hmm. Where is the entrepreneur mm-hmm. mentality of like, going out and starting something? We're afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that I liked about Bert Monroe in the movie, and at least 
even even when he failed, he'd just laugh. Yeah, yeah his, his his responses to just crappy situations. Yeah, yeah. He, just, he handled disappointment really, really well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was something I wrote down. Just his yeah, happy in the face of adversity. Mm-hmm. When things didn't go as planned, he would just kind of chuckle and do his Mr. Magoo and oh, you know, just like yeah, kind of laugh it off. Yeah. Like when he wiped out on the beach uh-huh. and those young those young bucks. Yeah. <laughs> They ended up passing him. He just laughed about it. Right. Yeah. He he bet him money and he gave it to him and he laughed the whole time. Yeah. And then they respected him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the same thing when he made his maiden voyage across the ocean. You know, to his passage fare was to be the cook on the ship, and yeah. he didn't know that until he got on the ship, and he just laughed about it. Mm-hmm. And everyone on the ship respected him. You know, there's just that joy and adversity mm-hmm. uh, gave uh, gave him gravity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good way to approach things. Yeah, I, I wish I could do that better. Right, well, he had something on there. Life's a, f- <clears throat> life's a funny thing. You never know what's around the corner. That was kind of how he just lived. You don't know what's coming around the corner, and you can probably approach it one of two ways. And his was to laugh it off or just accept the fact that it's happened. I can't change it. Yeah, you know so. Right. <clears throat> When his tire blows out and he puts a stick on it. <laughs> that yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. He's driving on the highway with a lawn yeah. instead of a tire. <laughs> yeah. It's like, just all those things. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it modeled well, even though it wasn't a Christian. I don't think he was a Christian. Like, that's a good Christian response to adversity and mm-hmm. difficulty. Yep. Is, I, I know for myself, a lot of times when something happens, I was outside of my control. I can just, let it fester, you know, just get frustrated. And mm-hmm. It's like, well, it's already happened. Like, you know, what's done is done. Yeah. Yeah, he has a, in the movie, Burt Monroe has a really large perspective of the world. He, he laughs at death. You know, he's joyful in adversity. I forget which character he was talking to, but, oh, the young soldier who just got back from Vietnam. In the age of war, yeah. Yeah. And he's talking about going to visit his girl, and he's talking about, um, what was the soldier talking about? You know, is this world, is this war going to be the end of everything? Kind of, you know, what's next? Like, I can't think of anything next after this. There's so much death. And he's just driving his little beat up $250 car. And he goes, oh, well, I fought in the Great War. And that was 21 million dead. Oh, and then there was the great flu pandemic, epidemic. And, you know, that was, that was 20 million dead. Yeah. And he, here we are. And he's just driving down the road, like, so he's got this really expansive mm-hmm. view of the world and history, and it's kind of like what you were talking about on the way down here. When you when you when God determines you to die, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the Great War, World War One, a flu epidemic, Vietnam, or just driving on your motorcycle, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, don't you can't necessarily spend your time worrying about those things. Yeah. So he had that view on life. He was a good role model to his neighbor boy. Mm. He was very set on the work in front of him yeah. in, in many ways. The The movie was devoid of Christianity. I think probably he was in real life. But he was a very solid... Uh, he uh, embodied a lot of Christian principles Yeah. in a non-believer. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he, he would say things like, well, you do or you don't. Like, don't waffle and waver about it. Do it or don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, that was his 
that was his mentality. I'm going to race or I'm not going to race. Yeah. And he decided, I'm going to race. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. Yeah. You know, you do or you don't kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I actually wrote my notes. Bert reminds me of Caleb. How, how's that? How's that? <laughs> Joyful. Oh. <clears throat> Joyful in adversity. You know, like when we were uh, taking care of butchering that elk on the side of a mountain. Oh. <laughs> and, and I'm like holding, we're on the side of a cliff, like a, a side of a mountain. You know, like, what kind of angle is that? And I was doing it my, It was pretty steep. <laughs> and you're like, here, grab that leg and pull her up. And I'm trying to, this cow elk is probably five times my weight or more. And I'm holding her leg up so you can get in there with a knife. And we're sweating buckets and it's cold out. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we're sweating and it's cold. Things are frozen. The kids are there. You know, like, we're gutting an animal that sat out overnight. Who knows what kind of predators are around. Yeah. And, you, and you, like, put on Chris Stapleton on your phone and start... <laughs> <laughs> and you sing and, like... Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, see, you said it was fun. Yeah, it was. And it... Well, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. And that's what I mean. Yeah. Bert reminded me of you. Mm-hmm. Or you remind me of him or however you want to think about it. You're the mm-hmm. Christian version. Yeah. Where we're... Or we're working cutting wood, lodgepole, and we're sweating buckets. Yeah. And someone's chainsaw won't start. And you can't, see? And you just laugh about it. (laughs) 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 See? So anyway, I actually wrote that in my notes while I was watching it with Aaron. Bert reminds me of Caleb. (laughs) And yeah, you're a good reminder to me, Caleb, to just laugh about it. What else are you going to do? So, so thanks for doing that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then the, and then the blue shirts, and the regulations reminded me of Greg. <laughs> and and how frustrating those things are. Oh. Not that you regulate, but oh. the hatred of regulation. Let the man run his bike. Because you'd be like Jim Moffat there. Who the hell do you think you are? Like you yeah. don't get to tell the 60-year-old man who's dedicated 42 mm. years of his life to this moment to tell him no. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you don't get to wield your power that way. Instead, what do we talk about at church? If you have power and authority, you use it to serve people. So make yeah. it work. Yeah. Right. You need to be the guys who get him in. But anyway, you reminded me of Jim Moffat. Yeah. Trying to get around the regulations, calling everybody else a bunch of chicken shits. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good movie. It was good. I mean, it was, yeah, it was entertaining. My wife liked it. We laughed. We thought it was entertaining. Good, good slice of history to be reminded of. Mm-hmm. Anything else you guys want to say about it? Mm, no. I'd like to know who figured out that nitroglycerin, <clears throat> so the tablets he takes for his heart, oh, uh-huh. mm. works to make you go faster in your mo- in your motorcycle or vehicle. <laughs> like nitroglycerin, you throw it and it, like it blows up, right? I think. And then who decided? So it's an explosive. Let's yeah. put that in. And then somebody's like, question. "Eat it. Yeah. It'll be good for your heart if you eat this thing that can blow up mountains." And we go, yeah. "Okay." And then somebody's like, "Oh, you could put it in your car." Like, who figured all that out? Yeah. That would be an interesting movie. Yeah. 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 Yes, that would. The history of nitroglycerin. <laughs> and how it helps with was it well, it just it was just like a heart palpitations heart, heart, yeah, kind of thing yeah mellowed out his heart it wasn't like heart disease angina do they still prescribe <laughs> what did you call me angina <laughs> <laughs> do they still prescribe <laughs> prescribe proscribe 
prescribe nitroglycerin for that? I don't know. We'd have to ask Probably the doc. Probably not. I'll ask the doc next time. It's like they don't use mercurcum anymore. What's that? What's that? You, you never had... You get the metal Band-Aid. Did you ever get Band-Aids in the metal canister? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And it Continue. used to come with a little bottle of red stuff. Oh, no. No, I've it had the an pink an, stuff. It was an antiseptic that you'd dab on the cut before you put the Band-Aid Did it burn like the Dickens? No. It was, it was a benign... It was kind of like iodine... Uh, but it was mercurcum. But then it doesn't work. If Mer- it doesn't burn, it doesn't work. Mercurochrome <laughs> was the word. It doesn't sound good to put on your body. It's probably right. full of mer- mercury and lead. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. R- just rub it on there. <laughs> just, just rub it on there. Slather it on the open wound. A little <laughs> dose of cocaine. <laughs> Crap. That was back in the day. Back when a Coke was a was Coke. <laughs> oh, I did have a question for you, Greg. What's a painter's blowtorch? Uh, I don't know. Then he get he got one and he melted down some of the batteries with it. But they called it a painter's blowtorch. Back in the sixties. Hmm. You being the painter. I don't know what that would be. Oh, and I did some more research before we go to our recommendations here. The land speed record, the fastest land speed record, was set in nineteen ninety seven, seven hundred and sixty three miles an hour. Oh my goodness! Wow. That's amazing. Oh. Was it in the salt flats? Where was it? Do you oh, know? I would imagine so, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's probably the only place on earth that they could really do that. Yeah. Wow. Oh, there, there's one more thing I want to talk about. Uh-huh. Do we have time? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I liked Burt Monroe's perspective on achievements. So, remember in the beginning, his neighbor, he's out at like 5 a.m. revving the engine. <laughs> he's got it up on the the real runner wheel to get the wheel spinning so he doesn't move anywhere. And he's just revving that thing. And his neighbor just hates him. And the wife is frustrated with him, with Bert. Uh, the neighbor wife is frustrated with Bert. He, you know, takes the kitchen knife mm-hmm. and he shaves off the wheels, the tread, and he's teaching the boy to piano limit. Well, anyway. Right. Right. And they just don't like him. But as soon as he sets the world record, land speed record for his, his motorbike, they love him. Yeah. Yeah. And, but throughout the whole movie, he could care less. Right. So, for some people in the world, massive achievement or excellence like that, like, wow, you did something, quote unquote, great. You went fast on a bike. All of a sudden, they respect you. Where Bert has the notion, he doesn't care about that. And he even says at some point that uh, the reward, the reward is in the doing of it. Yeah. Like, for him, it was just the race. That's why I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a that's a pretty good... Man, like you guys have said, he's not a Christian, but he's got some good principles that mm-hmm. we can think through. Mm-hmm. That's another one. The approval of man ought not be your goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that his neighbor was disapproving of him didn't matter to the point of his mission. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing to, yeah. to remember. Yeah. Well, one, you can't always make everybody happy. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. He made the boy happy. Yeah. You know, but the neighbors were disgruntled with him. The boy was the only one that actually actually believed in him cuz I think there was wasn't it leading up to that he's like talking to the lady in the car. He's like, "Well, you believe in me, don't you?" You know, the Fran or whatever her name oh, was. Yeah, the post and office lady. She's like, "Well, it doesn't really matter, Bert." You know, it's just and you know, you could kind of see he was just like, "I don't think anybody thinks I can do this minus the kid." Mm. Yeah. Um, but, but ultimately it doesn't matter. Yeah, him. exactly. He's, this is, you know, this is as much dried right. in his mm-hmm. religion as his God. Yeah, but and as soon as he put, was it Inver Cargill? 
Mm-hmm. That's the town. As soon as he put Invercargill on the map, he became everybody's golden boy. Right. But even that, and he didn't care. Right. He mm-hmm. went right back into his shop. Yep. You know, and I think that yeah. that's a really good mentality to have to do your job regardless of the fame you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the, the fame is a secondary issue, mm-hmm. and it should never be the goal. Mm-hmm. You know, like you want to write a book? Mm-hmm. Write, write the book. Write a good one. And who cares if you get fame or not? Mm-hmm. Just tell a good story. Right? Run a good race. Is Greg going to write a book? Writing. Yes. All yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. With, with the goal of becoming an international bestseller. Yeah. Right. Make lots of money. Well, from what I've read already, Greg, you're way better than Dean Koontz. <laughs> <laughs> fiction or nonfiction? Fiction. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be something. Canon yeah. Press is going to be publishing it. Awesome. Along with our podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, that was the last thing Sorry, I, 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 yeah, I no, wanted to talk about with, uh, with Burt Monroe. Yep, that's... Burt Monroe. That's true. Yeah. Well, I suppose I, we should probably qualify that, right? Give, um, give value or value is due. So when he came back from setting the world land speed record with his motorcycle... He rejoiced with the boy who believed in him. Mm-hmm. Right, the boy said, "Did we do it?" I think he said, "Did we do it?" Right. Yeah. And he's the one he rejoiced with. Yeah. Well, he's isn't he's the one that he calls collect to. Right. You know, to talk to the boy. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's just great. You know. Like, so yeah. So give value to where value is due. Mm-hmm. But to the rest, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Childlike faith, man. That's what the boy had. He knew Bert Monroe could do it. He knew he could. Sixty-eight-year-old man. Yeah. On a 47-year-old yeah. bike. It's set the land yeah. speed record. That's right. That's yeah. awesome. All right, recommendations. Greg, let's go with Caleb first. Okay. Ooh, did you see that? Did I break your ankles? Whoa. Yeah, I was all set. Oh, okay, go ahead, Greg. We'll give Caleb a moment. I'm, I'm a, am I doing letter scores? Is that what I do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and I'm out of 10, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Well, it's been a month. I know it has. It's well, been a month. These, no one knows that it's been a month, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's been a little while since we've met up. I'm gonna well, say, um, Greg I'm, always goes first. I'm going to say three out of five ground up dog testicles. <laughs> I wrote dog balls on that. Dog balls. <laughs> we didn't even talk about that. Let's just leave it there. Yeah. So our audience they have desire, to watch it. They desire yeah, yeah, they can, uh, those that go to church with us could ask us on a Sunday <laughs> after service. Dog balls. My dog balls. Yeah. No, was, uh, I said all this in the beginning. It was a f- uh, fun story, fun movie, very well acted. Uh, yeah, it was enjoyable story to go through, mm-hmm. um, and even though you know, you know that you know he sets the world record, it, it, the movie keeps you on the edge of your seat. Yeah, even during the storytelling, it's like, oh no, his vehicle broke down. Now what's he gonna? Oh, his trailer yeah. broke. Now what's he gonna do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you know Sauron doesn't win. Yeah, but yet you're still like, oh no, she lives. <laughs> like, no. What's gonna yeah. happen? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. yep. It was a. I did write that down too. My wife and I both thought this is a really good story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good storytelling. Yeah. So. Yeah, kept you engaged the whole time. Yep. I think I just give it a. Just a. I think I'll do a B minus, because I think I'm told I do B's a lot. So. <laughs> I liked it. I that's. I remember watching that. That was Joe and I. Joe and I were living, after right after we got married in this little small town in like southern Missouri. That they still had a video rental store, and I remember renting that one night. You know, back it was probably two thousand six. 
because it was like a new release. Hmm. I remember I was watching it and just being like, that was really just enjoyable. And then 15 years later, we watched it again. Hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's, well, like everything Greg just said. Did, did you watch it with your kids yet? I have, yeah. We watched it with them. I think we knew there was a few, there was a few questionable. There's two, well, the yeah. tranny. Yeah, the tranny. But it, th- that was great with the, the kids were like, ah, oh, gross, that's like a man. Yeah, I was thinking like that would be a, a good exercise moment mm-hmm. because it's pretty innocuous. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's something they're definitely going to face for the future. Mm-hmm. So this is, a l- remember we talked about lifting weights? Right. This is like a five pound weight. Yeah. All right, kids, you know, this is a man dressed as a woman. Right. And you can work through that quite easily in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not, it's, it's not like the, the transgender stuff of today even. Yes. I mean, it's not Correct. nearly, I mean, it's yep. for a, for a tranny, she's, he is pretty modestly dressed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, the kids exactly. are like, Ugh. yeah, and you go, yeah, they can't. You can Because they're like, they're like, is that a man? Is but that a she man? Looks, and, and it's like, no, I'm, you know. That can't happen, kids. You know, so yeah. We we went to an art fair in East Helena, mm-hmm. and I, we brought the kids, and there was a table where there was a man in a dress trying to look like a woman, and my five year old said, "Why is that boy trying to look like a girl?" <laughs> a five year old. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you're yeah. You just yeah. can't escape it. You're a right. man. You're a man mm-hmm. or you're a woman. You have an Adam's apple. But, yeah. So we had to talk. So we already had to talk about it. Aside from this movie, yeah, with my five-year-old, well, with all four of my kids, but Mm -hmm. yeah, we had a moment. Yeah, we fast-forwarded through the two um, scene, you know, where he's sleeping with the old ladies. Um, It's just like, well, it's a fade to black. Yeah, it's there's nothing. There's yeah, there's they nothing is shown. Nothing is shown in the second one. Well, nothing is shown at all. But like the second one is fade to black. I think the first one is like he's like. Well, he has this heart attack or whatever. There's a problem with his heart mm-hmm. in the house. Anyway, but yeah. Yeah, they wake up in bed. Yeah. yeah. Those would be the only two. There's really not much language. And I mean, again, no. I mean, there's a, like we were saying, there's a lot of character. Well, the language is pretty much the worst that you heard right now on the show. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You heard it. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, we watched it one night. Um, I'd watch it again with them. I didn't, you know, yeah. Did they enjoy it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they really liked it. They like, he's just a likable character in general. Anthony Hopkins yeah. plays him so well. Yeah, and a good... And it's a great story. Yeah, good story. I thought it was well-directed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd give it an 8 out... Are you done? Done. I'd give it an 8 out of 10 for all the reasons we've said. Yeah. I think it's a, a fairly decent family movie if, you're, if your kids are old enough uh, to be able to talk about <laughs> transvestites. Or, and I guess if they're super young, it wouldn't really matter. <laughs> they might not even notice mm-hmm. if they're two years old, but... But yeah, the two scenes where he's sleeping around, uh, it's fade to black, they wake up in bed. Uh, you can you can easily talk about that or let it go and see what your kids say. You know, like... Because right. uh, there's nothing really even suggestive. Mm-hmm. He's working on his... What's the second one? He's working on his car, and then the next morning they, they just wake up. Yeah. You think she's dead or something like that? Yeah. And so that actually takes more of the... More of the show. Where, and then they end up laughing about death together. These yeah. two old people laughing about death. But anyway, I thought it was... I thought it was a good show. Yep. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Any, anything else you want to say about the world's fastest Indian? Oh, where do you own it? Do you own it? No. Tubi. Tubi? Did you... Where, did you watch it on Tubi? Uh, I don't know. We probably rented it on one of the platforms. I don't remember. But right now... 
it's free on Tubi, T-U-B-I, mm-hmm. Tubi. And you'll have more concerns about the commercial breaks than you will about the movie, <laughs> mm. right? That's true, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, so if you if you want to watch it, it's on Tubi for free right yeah. now. I think when we watched it, um, it was right after the overturn of oh. Roe versus Wade, and that was like one of the first commercials, so it gave us plenty of stuff to talk about with the kids on that. That's true, yeah. Huh. Like, well, we've watched things on Tubi, and you know, you're like, well, why is there a Victoria's Secret oh, commercial on this yet, kid's but... show? Or, you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or, why did, it's like an Amazon commercial, but they're like two moms and a kid. Right. Like, God dang it. That's all. That's... <laughs> like, why does it have to be there? Yep. But, so the commercials are usually worse on the free streaming stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyway, if you are audience, if you're interested in watching this movie for free, you can watch it at 2B. 2B. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Stories for Glory podcast and our thoughts on the world's fastest Indian. We hope you enjoy. Proverbs 25.2, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Thank you for listening to the Stories for Glory podcast, where the glory of God is revealed in the stories of man. If you're interested in what we are doing, subscribe and share. If you'd like to contribute with your questions or recommendations, you can email us at storiesforglory at protonmail.com.